gonna splash semen on anybody, it's gonna be some woman in her 60s. That's a given. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. However, if her pussy is half as ugly as her mouth, a 58-year-old woman lost her foot to a downtown F train in what appears to have been a botched suicide attempt. Gotham has said that the Daily News said the victim's left foot was cleaved off by the oncoming train at Bryant Park, 42nd Street. An NYPD source said it seemed likely the unidentified woman jumped onto the tracks. She might have jumped in, but she had to hop out. Although the train cut her foot off, the victim remained conscious. Oh, sweet, painful, constant state of awareness. Thank you, merciful God. D, F, and M trains were running with delays through early next morning. Uh, the woman, on the other hand, not running at all. If someone you know exhibits warning signs of suicide, do not leave the person alone unless they're really bumming you out. Uh, the article advises us at the end of what to do in the event you know someone who exhibits those signs of being suicidal. Remove any firearms, alcohol, drugs, or anything else that might give them some excitement or momentary respite from their tailspin. Also, remove any sharp objects that could be used in a suicide attempt before they accidentally cut off their foot. Joining me now, Carlito Hayes. Hey, Carlito. How you doing, Pat? All right. You uh, you live in Queens, right? Yeah. I actually used to... Um... I used to live in Astoria. I uh, moved out to a uh, JFK area not that long ago, actually. Yeah? How do you like it out there? Um, I would say I find it pleasant if I enjoy taking about two to three hours that I can't retrieve on a daily basis to get anywhere. Oh, yeah. So not at all. Hey, uh, Carlito, now, uh, you uh, rode... What, what train did you take to get here? The E? I took the... Uh, I took the E... Uh, to get to Queensboro Plaza, and then I just grabbed the end just real quick the over end. to Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, we don't have to give the actual stop. But <laughs> there might be. You've got this new app. That's what it is. You're trying, you're into following people now. That's I am. Fun. Happen is addicting. It's very stalkery, which makes me feel creeped out. But mm -hmm. I just can't help it. You're 250 meters away from this person. You've run into them three times. Well, the fact that they're saying it in meters means it uh, comes from a foreign land, I guess. Probably but I know, Canadian, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> do they use metric up in Canada? Of course they do. They would. Did you know that 90% of Canadians are left-handed? I didn't know that until very recently. Hey, Carlito, you, uh, you, uh, I was so excited to, to have you on the show because you... Uh, We've talked to a lot of people on the show. We've talked to some police officers every once in a while. We talked to um, lawyers and stuff, and even some crime victims, you know, like somebody who was attacked. Uh, a couple of those. Oh, yeah, and, of course, uh, you know, Joe Lozito, and then some sex crimes. But you were uh, a, a victim of a, the, the, the train. Carlito uh, nearly had his own foot ripped off. Did you get, did you, did you get like, any sort of sense of, like... Uh, empathy or like a, I don't know like a strong feeling of kinship with the person in the first story that's a really good question because the, the thing about it is at putting myself in those shoes since I've been there literally I 
I, I understand that moment of terror that might be going through your head mm-hmm. or the, the, the incredible amounts of pain because, oh, my God, that's painful. You don't get sodomized by 600 tons of steel and think that that's going to be a happy time. Mm-hmm. Is that what made you want to kill yourself? Oh, right there, immediately. You're just going to want to just... <laughs> now, you didn't jump in front of the train. No, I actually was just trying to get on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> as simple as it was. Well, tell me how it happened. I mean, what were you doing that night? Well, that night, we all understand that these things come fewer and far between late night. So if you hear it, you're running for it. You don't want to miss it because it's going to be about another 20, 30 minutes before you see that thing again. Oh, yeah, after a certain hour, man, yeah. Jesus, it sucks out there. You'll be camping. Oh, pretty much. With the same guy that smells like cheese and armpits and everything. You don't, you don't want any of that. And not good cheese and armpits either. So you, you're running for the train. I'm literally running for the train. I get to the doors just as they close. Basic physics, I can't stop on a dime. I hit the doors, go right in the gap, and it starts to pull out of the station immediately. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That right there is fucking... You must have thought, that's it. I'm gonna die. How far down into the gap were you? I was literally... I want to say right up to the upper thigh... Right before we get to buttock material. Mm-hmm. Well, and more importantly, you know, a few inches of dick and ball is already hanging down in there. Oh, it's already gone, man. That's that. That's one of the first things Your that you... penis was ripped off. Well, thankfully, no. I kind of, I kind of need that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> that probably would have been what what you'd lead with when you tell the story. Is I got my dick ripped off in it. I will say that I had a temporary vagina for a little while, so that, that was kind of fun. Oh, yeah? You mean a nurse? Well, I did have a nurse, but I meant my body actually had one because that thing ripped a hole in me. Those lips underneath the doors, they, they literally ground me into the um, platform. It was like a giant pumice stone. It just cut me wide open. Oh, I'm trying to visualize this. And for people who uh, don't live in New York and, and haven't ridden the train... You, the doors shut, and and a lot of times, you know they'll 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 open back up again. You know, like if you if you miss them, there's a good chance that the, the you know every once in a while you get lucky, uh, and and you thought maybe that'll happen. Didn't happen. Now, did you was any part of you inside the door? Did you make it like a bit of your fingers inside or anything? No, none of me. It, it's literally as soon as it closed, I ran right into it. It was like a split second. So you were committed. That I'm jumping for the train. Oh yeah, I was I was owning that moment, man. Yeah. I was I was coming for it. I was like, I'm going home tonight. No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Went to the hospital instead. Which means that means I can you know there's the guy saw you. I mean they they look at what's going on out there if everybody's on and if like you know so he saw you running and was like fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then. You bounce off the doors and into the gap. I mean, that's, uh, I'm sure he didn't, he or she wasn't really, you know, probably got a kick out of like shutting you out, but didn't know that, that you were going to. So, so the train takes off. And, and like you said, when you say right away, usually you have that moment. It sits there for a second and you think you're going to, oh, wait, hey, Jesus tells this guy not to go. And they're already going. So, I mean, I'm almost afraid to ask, but what happens then? Ooh, uh, basically, it was just a, a moment of, um, well, for lack of better terms, we all have them, oh shit moment. Like, that's, that was basically the, 
antithesis of an, uh, an oh shit moment. Like the doors closed, hit hit the train, slid into the gap. It starts to move immediately, and you just think to yourself, "I'm fucked right now." You're past oh shit all the way to I'm fucked. You've accepted your death, basically. It's hard to imagine. I mean, that you're that you're not just gonna be torn in two. Uh, so it's ripping your flesh at this point. Like I mean, as the train takes off, and you're talking about the lips right under the door that protrudes out. Exactly. Oh man, there's it, hardly any space there. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the kind of the blood loss you must have had. I mean, you're up to your thigh. It's like ripping your thigh against the uh, your between the the platform and the train. A rock and a hard place. Uh, was there any bone visible? I literally saw the white and the yellow meat on myself, and um, mm. I made my own wasabi peas for a good six to eight weeks. Jesus. Yeah, you won't be eating those things anymore. Oh, yeah. You know, I never even heard of them until uh, Kostaki Economopolis was trying to get me to eat the fucking things. I've never had one in my mouth, so... I'm not going to try them now on account of this story. It's not a selling point. So you, what do you mean? You say the white and the yellow. What's the yellow? Well, the, the yellow, that's... Um, the like, white's the bone, right? The, 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 the white meat is like... Uh, white meat. Like tendons and fat, and it's usually like the yellow. It's kind of like sallow chicken. Yeah, I got you. And, uh, and so, I mean, how did the guy know to stop? Did the train go ahead and... It couldn't have gone all the way out unless you were at one of the very rear cars. Uh, no, I was actually about, um, I want to say, two to three cars deep from the back when I got there. Uh-huh. And uh, it stopped because actually I locked eyes with the uh, the conductor. She, she saw me, and I could see this horrified look on her face yeah. as she was pressing, I guess, a button for the motorman to, like, bring on the emergency stopping because all I could hear in my head was like screaming at the top of your lungs fuck but my mouth was open and no sound was coming out at all oh fuck it just completely took your voice oh my brain couldn't register anything at that moment it went from squeezing and burning to numb and I was just there and I was just like okay did you lose consciousness <laughs> That's the funny part. I was uh, alert and awake for the entire thing until um, they get you out. Now, I don't know. Do you know how they do that? No, I wouldn't know. It's crazy because the, uh, the fire department comes mm-hmm. and the FDNY and the, and the um, paramedics, they're all there, but they can't do anything for you. ESU, our version of SWAT, they come with these airbags. They inflate them in the train oh, leans. right, of course. And, and I waited 45 minutes, which seemed like three days because it was an eternity of pain. Oh. When they got me out, I blacked out immediately. And I didn't wake up until I was in the hospital at like 10 a.m. when I was supposed to be at work at the time. So you lost your job. You know, I was thinking the feeling when you, when you see people show up, you're probably like, oh, good, I'm out. Get me, get me out of here. I made it, right? That's what I would think. Like, oh, you're here. Good, get me out. But you got to wait, surrounded by people, being the guy that's stuck, bleeding all over the place, people with their phones out. 
a spectacle. Uh, did you smile for any photos? I would like to believe that I was a good enough sport <laughs> to do that, but I'm going to lean towards no. Because you were fucked up. I saw that you showed me scars on your leg one time. That shit is fucking bad. I know you got some photos. Um, I'm going to put those up on the uh, Patreon because I, I, I think that they're not safe for, for Facebook. Man, that's a, that sounds like a horrible thing. So how long were you laid up? Oh, man. Um, th- it, ironically, that you know, it wasn't that long. I was in the hospital and out, discharged in the morning. In but, the morning? Oh, yeah. I, I went in now, at about just, was, 4, what, and I was out at like 10, 30, 11. So what was the extent of your damage there? Um, let's see. I had to basically learn how to... They gave me crutches, which was funny because I wouldn't, I couldn't uh, leave the hospital without being wheeled out in a wheelchair. And I'm like, I cannot sit down. Why do you want me to sit down? Oh, Christ. <laughs> so that was... Because your ass was torn up. <laughs> I'm ripped open. I have a second asshole. You want me to sit down? It's like, this doesn't work, bro. No the train thanks. ripped you a new asshole. Wow. That's, it's poetry, man. And it was the F train, too. So, bam. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> And you were, uh, and you were only in the hospital for six hours. Oh about God. about six hours. Well, Discharged nuts. in the morning. Yeah, nuts. Crutches to go. And you gotta, and you gotta sit your ass down on this new asshole. With uh, how many stitches did you have? Oh, that's the best part. You don't get any. What are you talking about? They they won't stitch that up because every time you move, it's gonna pull. It'll rip them right open. It has to heal from the inside out, so you get to watch it do its thing. Every day as you clean the bandages. Oh. So it's like, uh, I mean, they're basically saying, look, uh, we want you to go get gangrene. Uh, if you don't get an infection, it will be the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, it's your ass, first of all. So it's like next to all that nasty ass shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, how, do you, what, how did you take a, a, a trip to the bathroom, you know? Oh, that, that was an adventure in and of itself. You'd have to kind of finagle this. Just, just don't hurt me too much. Right. I'd have to turn slightly sideways as if I was going to, like, lay down and pose for some kind of, like, pinup magazine picture <laughs> and then hope that there was no spillage to the left. It would just go straight in the hole. Like <laughs> You would avoid a place like that altogether for a while with that kind of a wound. You'd have to be careful where you go. For the, I guess they just stayed home for a while. Yeah, for the first three weeks, uh, literally, all I experienced was the horror of daytime TV. I've literally seen and heard Maury say, you are not the father six times in one day. That's yeah. when I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? That was a good day for the guys, though. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, that daytime TV has always been rough. I remember even when I would take a day off from school as a kid, I'd be like, Jesus, this got bad. Yeah, it's real good at first. It's like, uh, cartoons. And, but they, it's, a, it's a trick. It shit doesn't happen all day. And then there's nothing until you have an electric company or some shit at like fucking two in the afternoon. By then, you'd be home from school anyway. It's almost time for the Three Stooges and the Flintstones. Well, the point is, if I'd have known Anonymous was going to get this big, I would have read Primary Colors. Yeah. <laughs> Still talking about that semen splash at police headquarters. An NYPD sergeant is accused of splashing semen on a coworker in her 60s. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say, granted, if you're going to splash semen on anybody, 
it's going to be some woman in her 60s. That's a given. However, this is a veteran cop. A veteran cop threw jizz on an administrative assistant, and no one seems to know why. The suspect, veteran cop, 54-year-old, sorry, he's 54, and splashing semen on the ladies. Michael E. Senko, he waited for this woman who was in the ladies' room, at least that's what it sounds like. She was in the ladies' room, probably taking a gigantic crap. And when she walked out, the sergeant snuck up on her and threw jizz on her leg, seemingly out of nowhere. But you know what? Here's the thing, and this is like a lot of these videos. We don't know the context. We don't know what happened just before this. I don't think we should rush to judgment. I can see some times when this might be appropriate. Say if a suspect is resisting arrest, you don't feel like reaching for your pepper spray. You know, is it wrong to sneak up on an older woman? I don't know. And say, she just lost five pounds for Christ's sake. Taking that that gigantic dump, you know. Is it wrong to come on her leg? I don't know. She said she suddenly felt something uh, on her leg, looked down, said to him, what are you doing? And the sergeant just walked away without a word. Now, at that point, I think he should have said something. Like, ha, 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 just, yeah, I'm sorry. And he could have just wiped it off. Moment so of sorry, that something. just that came out of my, I'm so sorry. I, uh, why did I, he could have said anything. Yeah, exactly. Even if he told her it was, oh, yeah, what do you think? I just threw cum on you, right? Uh, well, you know, um, I've been doing stand-up comedy for almost 20 years, and um, before that, I worked in restaurants. Before that, I was 11, and uh, I have a lot of rambunctious friends. I know a lot of silly people. I've worked with some tasteless idiots. I have never seen somebody put jizz on somebody for any reason. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I put jizz on a woman. When you put jizz on a woman, that's a sacred bond. I won't even do that with a woman unless she'll let me. I've, it's just never been something I've done uh, for amusement, though, for a laugh. Have you ever seen this? No, that's that's more of out of necessity. It needs to come out of you. It wants to, it beckons to come out. You're not going to just, hey, you know what? I'm not doing anything right now, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially at work, here at police headquarters. You know, when you have semen inside you that has to come out, it's it's like when you've, uh, if, you've have, if you have a little brother, you know, and you lock him in the closet, that's what that semen's doing. It's like you got it's it's in a panic almost. So just for a laugh. I've worked with people who spit in people's drinks, people who took their junk out at the workplace, but throw cum on an administrative aid never. Now keep in mind, uh, here's the other thing. It's it's like there's a balance here, okay? She did just take the shit of a lifetime. That's part of it. But all you can say about a cop doing it is like, let's remember the police have a tough job. We gotta, we gotta remember that. That's true. She tattled on him, and uh, they said, "Well, how do you know it's semen?" And she's like, uh, "This is police headquarters. You know, it's we have ways of piecing these things together." The substance was immediately tested and confirmed to be semen. 
he didn't really think it through as far as like a good, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're <laughs> the whole place is a crime lab for Christ's sake. You know that what was I mean? probably not the best place to do that. Cameras everywhere. Not only cameras everywhere. Uh, crime tape is everywhere. And people who are like into obeying the law and shit, you know, <laughs> it's like a real Johnny law type at police headquarters. I don't know if you know. Hijinks don't really go over. Why would a 54-year-old cop, veteran cop, sergeant, risk his entire career to throw jizz on a 60-something-year-old woman? It's a mystery. I, I really need this to be solved. I, I have to know what, what the context was beforehand. Yeah, that's how I feel, too, is that there must be something there that makes this make sense. I have to believe that. I have to trust the sergeant that... There's some mitigating circumstance. Perhaps she's deeply involved in crime. You know, I mean, you can't rule it out. And if you can't rule it out, then it's part of the story. So I hope that they get to the bottom of it. Now they have, uh, like I said, part of the incident was captured on video. And uh, he can be seen crouching behind her and then walking away. Did a crouch and walk. Still a legend is born. An early nomination for Cop of the Year for the NYC uh, Crime Awards. He could face charges, anything from sex abuse to harassment, as we discussed before. We were talking about this. The sex abuse charge would have to include evidence that the sergeant ejaculated in the woman's presence. And I don't think that evidence exists. In fact, there's no allegation that he ejaculated on her. Just that he threw ejaculate on her. <laughs> this is according. This is. This was something I read in the newspaper. That's that's what that is. He threw ejaculate on her. That's all that's been said. No one. Let's just. The. Uh, it's sex abuse. If you do that, to throw it, it's like less serious. So, uh, and I was thinking about that. There's there's a reason for that. You know, a big reason for that. To come on somebody right out of your dick is so much worse because that's like, you know, it's like that train coming on 36th Avenue. You see it coming a long way and you got to wait. You're definitely devoted to that at that point. Like you're, you're about this shit right now. <laughs> you, you don't just, you, you don't just do this on a whim. It's like, no, I'm making eye contact. I'm, I'm going, I'm going vigorously on this one. I, I'm going to work this problem out. Yeah. And you're involved deeply. So consent or don't, but I'm going to ejaculate on you. Um, it's a, you know, it's, it's an urge that people have. And that's a, but it takes time. To throw cum on somebody takes two seconds. Just, that's a, you know what I mean? You could like, you could, it's, I could throw cum on everybody in my immediate area. I could throw cum, uh, you know, uh, I could th I go on stage tonight. Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Come for everybody. I can, yeah. And I would, it's the, the, a room that size. I, I, could, I, I could bring it. I could bring enough. But I probably couldn't come on the people in the front row. It's like, uh, you never get the distance that, I don't know how these people, you know, like I don't watch porn with guys in it. But every once in a while you see, it just happens. And people get these the distance. and It just seems 
I, I, I like, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't want to have that much jizz in me trying to find, they must take drugs, right? There's some kind of medication or. You got to eat something to do that. That's just not something, you, you, you can't just shoot for a football field on the regular. That's, I'm pretty sure that's not a thing. Right. I mean, I guess that's why they, you know, get to fuck and be watched fucking. It's because, like, I'm a specimen, you know, watch how much I ejaculate. Why is that appealing? Why is that a thing? I don't think that women or whoever is sucking a dick is like, I hope there's a lot of cum in there because I want to, like, I want to really fucking gag on a big wad of jizz. I mean, they're probably pleasantly surprised by a little quarter teaspoon you know, the third one that day, you know, <laughs> give her the easy one. I'd like to think so. Well, I mean, this is the kind of thing that happens in a society where the police are throwing ejaculate onto administrative aides. Administrative aides. She's not even a police officer. You know, a policeman, if they get into a thing and they're like, hey, it's the Jithro day or something. I don't know. I mean, like, these, they're... Protecting and serving, you know? Not fucking jizzing and throwing. No. Here's the best part. The DA's office, they have to figure out whose cum this is. That's part of it. <laughs> now, if somebody throws cum on you, they've identified it's definitely semen. I suppose if it's his cum then that makes it like an open and shut case, right? <laughs> he couldn't advance the theory that like, no, there was another guy, he looks like me, and he had my cum on his hand and he flicked it on her. That's not, I didn't do it. So it's got to be, that. that's why they get that, right? The that, DA's that's office. open and shut right there. Yeah. And and what if it's not his? That's the other thing. If it's not, they've, they've got a search warrant and they've served that, and uh, the sergeant had to provide a sample so the lab can determine if the substance is a match. This is the kind of trouble the sergeant at the age of 54 has got himself into. You are accused of a crime that involves you ejaculating and throwing it to somebody. Now we have to try and prove that you did that, asshole. Jerk off into this cup. I hope he's at least on a desk duty right now. You know? I don't really want him to be like... If I was, you know, in that environment, I wouldn't want to put somebody who's already squatting behind people at a, at a lower physical station. You know, they've got a desk in front of them, too. It just makes it easier to... Hide the fact that there's ejaculate in their hands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, has he been a, a member of the force so long that he's finally like, ah, I can't, I'm throwing jizz at people. I don't think, I've never heard of that. I have heard of sometimes things seeming to be one way and then they turn out another. So if this is part of some crime-solving uh, sting operation, you know, something. I mean, look, if you were trying to do some fucked up shit in the country, right? Wouldn't it be helpful if you had somebody who worked at police headquarters in their 60s, somebody who is, like, completely on the level that, you know, it seems safe? 
the kind of person that when somebody throws ejaculate, it's going to be at her because, you know, she's just such a goody-goody. So it's just, it's just food for thought. Who knows? Who knows? But we don't know yet if it's his ejaculate. Not definitely, but it's either his or he's going to have some real explaining to do. He's going to, you know what? If it's not his, he's going to have to rat out his partner. You know? <laughs> he's either he's either just been masturbating at work or, you know, he and his partner are like, they, they, they have a close uh, gamesmanship with each other. I think this is actually worse, like, if it's somebody else's and not his. I think if it's not his, he should deny that he had anything to do with the semen getting there. And to say, yeah, I was, I was there, but I didn't do any semen throwing. I, was, I, I have to say, I'm a little troubled with, I mean, I, I, I'm not troubled. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him credit, the Post, using the, they're great, they have great verbs. The New York Post always has great verbs. Splashed, that he splashed semen. It's, it's not a splash. <laughs> it's not. No one dove into it. <laughs> it's not an Olympic pool. We're not. We're not swimming any laps here. Yeah, not that you know she wouldn't want to, especially after taking that big dump. I got. I know. I've got a source. You've been roofied before, haven't you? Yeah, a couple of times. Oh yeah. What's that like? Hmm. I would say it's kind of like uh, you're sitting there. The world is definitely regular and real, and then all of a sudden, everything looks like one of those uh, cheesy 1980s sitcom like screen wipes, where everything gets fuzzy and starts move to the next thing, and then you just think to yourself, "Yeah, this is not normal." And then you wake up somewhere that you don't remember, and you're like, "I don't belong here." Hmm. Yeah. It sounds like uh. It's, it sounds like fun, um, but I can see where it would be frightening. I used to love a, a dream sequence, you know? I mean, you always knew some fun was going to happen after that. But uh, I guess the difference is you don't know what happened after that because you were gone, checked out, woke up naked in the arms of a woman that you didn't respect. Frightening. A woman stole a man's watch after drugging him. Cops are looking for a woman who stole a guy's $11,000 watch. The 35-year-old victim met the woman at a bar in Williamsburg. Yes. And then the pair went to uh, Hotel Le Jolie. Hot shades. And police say the woman gave the victim Rohypnol. That's what it is. Rohypnol. Um... Is that why you got drugged with? To tell you the truth, I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually funny because I went uh, hanging out actually in Williamsburg at the time, a couple years ago. Just came back from paintballing, arguing with my then-girlfriend on the phone. My buddies leave. I broke rule number one, don't pick up a beer or anything that you put down and walked away from. Oh, yeah? I slammed it, and then the world slammed me, and then that's what happened. So possibly that was a beer... That, uh, I mean, like, um, oh, it was your beer. You didn't just, like, find a beer. Yeah, everything <laughs> was still left in the same. I mean, you know, we all do that when we're broke sometimes. You really just need to get to that level. But Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I know a guy who would go around and pre-bust tables, and he didn't even work at the place. 
Mark Normand. You know Mark Norman? That's that, what he does. That sounds... He still to this day does that. That's how cheap he is. He this has is money. Beautiful. He will bust tables. Say, oh, oh, it's chicken wings. Oh. You know, like, <laughs> I've seen it happen. Speaking of money, 50 Cent bailed out his rapper friend, who's also in the Unit G, uh, there in uh, Jamaica. That's where you're from. Living now, anyway. Rapper Kid Kid facing strangulation and assault charges and bailed out for $105,000. That's ridiculous. But I guess he's a flight risk considering the fucking shit happened in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a bail bondsman on here from time to time. Let me tell you, they're interesting people. She's an interesting person. People who do that for a living have to have a lot of spine, a lot of backbone, and they have to have a lot of intelligence. You have to know how to hunt people. It's a lot, you know, and you have to have some capital and you have to have some guts. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the bail bond queen, Michelle Eskenazi. We'll have to have her back on a show pretty soon. You ever been to jail? No. Me neither. I mean, I did, I mean, but, you know. Since you said no, I'm going to say no, too. <laughs> no, I got arrested with, uh, for, like, public drunkenness. One time I flipped off a cop when I was drunk. Blew a point two six. Sixteen 16 years old. That's impressive. That's, like, alcohol poisoning level shit. Uh, I, was, I remember the last thing I drank was uh, Bacardi 151 and Kool-Aid. And I was hanging out with white people. You know, <laughs> they, they don't drink that. Nobody drinks that. No one should drink that. It's something only a 16-year-old would drink, I think. Some sort of a Kool-Aid uh, Ricky or something. I don't know. It was it was awful. It was it was something that got me really hammered, though. 151 is like, a, it's a sneak attack, you know? It's not like it's smooth going down. No, definitely not. But the fact that you figure it's marketed, that means, like, it has to be. Why well, this isn't going to fucking... But yeah, well... Next thing you know, I didn't even dislike police officers. Why would I flip off a cop? I was hammered. You do things that you don't expect to do. I don't understand why the NYPD is trying to muzzle the African-American community, though, because, like, they've taken a couple of guys in right before they go on stage. They did it to DMX on some kind of trumped-up child support thing, you know? And then they, uh, like, DMX isn't going to pay his fucking child support. He's got money, you know? If he's got it, he's going to pay his kid. We all know that. And kid, kid, he didn't, you know, it's all this, like, uh, and they wait until right before they go on stage, and then they take him away. What message were they going to deliver in that concert that they're so afraid of? And I think when we get to the bottom of that, we'll start, I think we'll have some answers. It seems like that would boost ticket sales, too, though, like, on the other end of that. I mean, you really think about it. It's a good PR stunt. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to sold-out show. You're going to have to come out, do, like, you know, your, your your biggest hit, and everybody's cheering, and then they come and snatch you up. They don't even, they don't even get a song. They're back there oiling themselves up, you know, getting ready to go out and have a big show with, a you know, a hologram, maybe, of Tupac or something, you know. <laughs> I would love to have a hologram of Tupac in my show. Who's Tupac? <laughs> That's hilarious. Tupac. 
He's you know you know uh, the guy that I remember is D'Angelo. Uh, I don't remember the song. I just remember that. I was oh, like, brown can, sugar. I was like, how that was a, everywhere. How could a human have that body? It's ridiculous. You know, it was cut like he looked like a Ken doll. Jesus, is he still alive? Um, as far as I know, um, I don't even think he's in this plane of existence anymore. I don't know. Your career dies, you die too. I guess I don't know. He's in a hologram someplace, <laughs> trying to get his way out. Bad teacher, forbidden touch of a pupil. It happened again, man. I'm telling you, teachers are having such a hard time these days. I'm going to launch a satellite podcast. It's going to be only about teachers fucking kids. And that's what it's going to be called. Teachers fucking kids. We need to get them more money. That's the thing. These educators, man, if they they were making more money, they wouldn't be so distracted by these hot special ed kids like this 38-year-old special ed teacher, Robert Kane who found something truly special between the special needs legs of a very young and special student. And he found it dozens of times. Every day for two months, he hit this girl. I don't mean he hit her, like, but he hit it, you know. He was hitting it. And how young, how retarded, we may never know. But what's the IQ of consent? That's what I keep wondering. Because I think it's seven. <laughs> I think anything over seven... I've had sex with some girls who I would have sworn were around a seven uh, in terms of IQ. If you're smarter than a rock, you can get pregnant. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? You think you could raise a kid if you got, if you got like pregnant and you were a retarded girl, like a truly retarded girl, not just like a, like a casually, not, not, not a colloquially retarded girl, but like a truly retarded girl. And you got, Pregnant? Do you think you could? How? I mean, like, what happens to that kid? I don't know. I think the state would probably jump in on that, or like try to do some kind of assessment, make sure that you had some kind of help. But yeah. I mean, like, everybody. It might be the new. The the, the might be a very special um, upbringing for that child. You might find that 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 special needs person was probably a better parent than some of the parents that we've got now. Oh, like, yeah. you can even teach a gorilla. You know, the, the maternal instincts uh, kick in. They take care of, like, cats, you know. Oh, so, things, I mean, that, things that aren't gorillas, you mean? Yeah. So wow. I, I, I vote for this. Like, you know, like, give everybody a shot and, you know, just just don't burn the house down. And uh, if you can't take care of the kids, we take them away. Yeah. And for God's sake, if they're not truly into, you know, uh, like a sadomasochistic type thing, don't burden them with a safe word. They're probably not going to be able to remember it. They're going to have to have it sewn onto their underwear or something. And, and, banana. You know, that's gone. It's on the... Yeah, banana. <laughs> Can you remember that? <laughs> I don't mean the gorillas. I mean the... <laughs> I'm talking about the people who... Well, I don't think this girl was all that retarded. And I guess the IQ of consent. And, and what and what if there was an IQ of consent? How would you prove it? You know how 21-year-olds always know they're going to get carded? So they're always like, with their license, they pull it out. I got it. I wonder if... Would you have that awareness if you had an IQ of like 71? Like 70, below, below 70, I think, is considered retarded. If you Google it, it still comes up that way. Until that stops happening, I'm going to keep saying it. You know? And then she's going to, and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you, you thought I was jailbait, right? But no, I've got an IQ of 71. I mean, it's probably not something that comes up a lot. I don't know how, but I mean, the thing is, do you deprive a person? just because of their lack of intellectual capacity to say, I mean, 
you are too stupid for pleasure? Yeah, I think that's a, a gray area when you think about it. Because, I mean, would, would we start getting into scary things like eugenics if we say, okay, you people can only breed with you people. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if you're not uh, inept in that cognitive realm then you can't uh, mingle with them. Like, that, that's, that's discriminatory and terrible, but at the same time, wh- isn't it like taking advantage of them if she thinks, you know, like, my name is her favorite color? Like, that, is, is that something that I shouldn't do? But Well, you know, that's always going to be a thing, <laughs> you know? I found that to be the case. You think that you're sharing the same idea with a girl about what's happening, but you're really not. And as it turns out... Uh, there's a lot of misunderstandings about what's happening, and in fact, your name is her favorite color. That's pretty much... Well, and also, like, if somebody can't consent, right, can they in fact say no? You have... don't have the ability to decide for yourself whether or not you're having sex, and if you can't consent, then you also cannot not consent. It's such a strange thing that the law does to people, especially uh, you know people of of a certain IQ. Let's say that IQ is seventy one. I think that this girl's probably smarter than that. She had a lot of empathy for the guy too. Uh, they did it in his office. These two. By the way, this guy teaches participation in government. That's the class. Oh. Participation in government, special special need. I think we have enough special needs people already participating in government. Trump. In, just in Florida alone. You know, they did it in his office, and they did it in another room on the sixth floor. They did it in a Brooklyn, Brooklyn hotel room, hot sheets. He once took her to a comforted in Brooklyn, hot sheets, where he had sex with her and photographed the sex. That's how in love with her he was. Couples like get together and nobody ever thinks they have a chance to. It always feels like that to me. Like, who's to say that he wasn't madly in love with this girl? I know there's an age difference, but she's legal because there was no criminal charge. She was 17 at least. She might have been, you know, left back a few times. She might have been 22. Who knows? It's, she's a student. So it's technically unprofessional, unethical, uh, taking advantage of a, a situation where you're surrounded by all these women who, let's face it, are probably throwing themselves at him all the time. I mean, uh, the guy's like a, like fairly like a Romeo, you know what I mean? He's like 5'6", 5'7", five, five, maybe 5'8", maybe 5'9". Five, five, he could be 5'10". Goes about... 280 and he's got like no chin but like he does have the chin beard and he is uh, in the photo that I saw he has a nice ball cap on so you know he's getting a lot of play looking like that I mean like um, I think that you know even at a young age students if they, even if they're not thinking clearly their heads are not you know fully where they're supposed to be uh, you know say, who's to say you know, I mean, whether or not she's thinking correctly and making it, don't we all take a leap of faith? Well, I to think, some extent, I would say so. 
I mean, when you really think about it, if he's really that invested in it, she's she's legal. There's no really no harm, no foul. Who's really to say? But at the same time, it's kind of like, where where did you? Are we taking advantage? Or maybe she's the one taking advantage of him. Well, I mean, it's this is kind of like the eyes of the behold, like a, the eye of the beholder kind of deal. Mm-hmm. It, it's very objective and subjective at the same time. Yeah, you're right because. On the one hand, it's a clear-cut thing. There are certain, uh, you know, like, um, uh, what, what, what would you call it? Like, uh, not laws, but, like, the, if there's a certain protocol, rules, things are in place, traditions. And then there's also this other truth. Who's really smarter? Who's really playing who? Who's gaming who? When this man, now he's married. Oh, he has two children. So you can see that's a guy who needs more love than almost anybody else in the world. That guy is sorely lacking in, you know, like a, what you would call like a romantic, sexual, carnal uh, attention. And that's something, that's, I think that's something that has to be uh, addressed because his wife is that's her responsibility. I think that when you when you have kids, and I think that really, like, I mean, uh, uh, who, whoever the, the sex therapists are, you know what I mean? They always say, it's important to be a great mother, but you have to be a great wife. You're a wife first. Your first responsibility is to your husband. I've heard that over and over and over again. So how culpable is she? And, I mean, because, you know, now this girl is, you know, she's been hurt by this whole thing, I guess, or she, you know, seems to have been. They're no longer seeing each other. She is, um, it's safe to say that, like, most relationships between men and women, they had a different idea of what was going on. But should his wife perhaps come forward and maybe face a criminal charge? If, I mean, if it comes to that, you know, I mean, all the facts aren't in, you know, I mean, it's. That's definitely interesting. I never really, really thought about it that way. Well, the way it happened, uh, he, uh, he joked with the girl. He chatted about class and work and family, teased her, complimented her clothes and looks. <coughs> that always works. You know what I mean? That sounds like puppy love. And then he uh, he spoke about his young daughter, so his family was always on his mind. Couldn't couldn't forget about his family, loved him. And his ongoing oh he's ongoing divorce, so he's married but getting divorced, and his lack of sex it's, you know that it, that is a brutal time. You know what I mean when you're going through a divorce and you have like you're one foot in one foot out. It always seems like, are we gonna hook up, you know, or not? And if not, can we stop talking? I know we have these kids together, but I don't, I don't care really that much. Um, it's it's a tough time. Yeah, it is brutal. So uh, after the class, so and, and this is in, in November he took this step. Okay, and this is where you can see he's he's really hurting. You know, he says um, he walked around the girl's desk and he whispered in her ear. He said, uh, "I have inappropriate feelings for you." Can you imagine? the loneliness he must have been feeling to see some special needs teenager 
and risk his job to go and express that to her. I mean, I just, the, the amount of neglect you have to put into a person to make them react that way is, it's almost inconceivable. It's what people do to each other. I mean, I should, I mean, I'm divorced myself, so I know. After class, the girl was curious, right? So she went to his office and asked him what he meant. And in response, according to the report, Kane locked his office door, approached the girl from behind, and groped her breasts. Well, now you're in. And she said she was nervous, surprised, and shocked, but that she let Kane fondle her. Fondle, by the way, wasn't her word. She didn't use the word fondle. It's a post word. So he resigned, and then he got a job at another school. <laughs> they found out. Of course they found out. You know, I mean, let's cut to the chase. He's an early nominee for, for Educator of the Year. Robert Kane, 38. We will follow the case. There's an arrest in the Queen's Bank Rollery. Uh, cops were called when someone spotted the criminal cripple at the hospital. He was recognized from a surveillance photo. 23-year-old uh, Kelvin Dennison arrested there and charged with robbery. The gritty... Uh, Wheelchair-bound Dillinger rolled uh, away with 1200 bucks, 1212 from a Santander bank. Uh, speaking of money in the bank, this guy had some of the money in the bank, and you know he, he got shot. That's how he was uh, wound up crippled. And uh, he's held on $15,000 bond. Uh, there you go, a wheelchair-bound robber. Yeah, I admire his guts, you know, to be so... Uh, anyway, you can't move your legs. You can't run. You claim to have a gun, you know, and I, I wouldn't have the guts to rob a bank. I don't have the guts now. I'm fully able-bodied. I should be able to rob a bank. <laughs> There's really nothing standing in my way, you know. And this guy, an inspiration. Uh, let's let's do a post-mortem on the prison escape because, uh, you know, that was the hot topic for so long, and now it seems as if, wow, it just... Such a fun thing has gone away. Prison escapee David Sweat is recovering in an upstate hospital, and he's been talking. Uh, and it's you know, my favorite thing that he said so far. He says he did not have sex with that woman, Mrs. Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> he denies he got down with the seamy seamstress who was not what she seemed. A man with nothing to lose. This is a reckless man, Curly, you know. Freely admitted to shooting a cop without even having a lawyer present. Is that? He's it's, willing to do all of that, but he didn't want any parts of that. She's woman. fucking ugly. You shot that cop? Yeah. <laughs> he said, did you fuck that chick at the tailor shop? He's like, hell no. Some people say she's not that attractive. I think she's okay looking, you know? I mean, if you want to fuck granny, uh, Tilly Mitchell... The frowsy, middle-aged, dirty blonde sex pot. We've been talking about how ugly this woman was since the oh, beginning. God. She assisted Richard, Matt, and David Sweat in their escape. Uh, now, this woman worked among criminals, you know. Uh, maybe we've given her uh, too much of a hard time. So I think that it's been a little unfair to focus so much attention on her grotesque appearance. You know, she's a middle-aged woman who is... Uh, 
she's had the kids she's going to have, you know what I mean? So her attractiveness now is completely superfluous and unnecessary. She's pretty much ready to go back on the shelf at any moment. Yeah. She's, you know, someone who would be, you know, for her to discover value in her life, it would be taking care of her husband, uh, being a grandmother to her grandchildren, and and uh, somebody who can assist in the raising of children uh, along with the, you know, the, she has her son, and I know that she does have a grandchild. Uh, you know, and, and none of us are getting any younger. You know, and nobody wants to die alone. Well, uh, you know, maybe maybe there's more to her than that. You know, I mean, she uh, she's working in the in the in the prison, working among criminals, just like Jesus did, really. She's giving it back to the community. Yeah, more ways than one, it seems. <laughs> she sought to offer to the lowly men there imprisoned. Uh, that's what Christ did. She even sucked off some guards. Even Christ didn't take it that far. Sucking prison cock, not part of his ministry. But a Clinton inmate related a steamy tale of sweat and sex romps with the steamy, the seamy steam, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> She's a seamy seamstress whose self-esteem would seem to be sorely depleted. Uh, sweat says he wouldn't fuck her with your dick. And he doesn't even know you. But according to Sweat, Tilly did suck mad dick. That's what she did. Well, she must have been really good at it, because looking at those photos, man, I wouldn't want anything to do with that either. Yeah. I mean, if her... If her... If her pussy is half as ugly as her mouth, then, uh... I don't know why, but that image just conjured up Sandy Kane in my head, and that's just <laughs> equally gross. <laughs> The great Sandy Kane. Sandy Kane, now she's, have you seen her lately? Yeah. How is she? Um, she's still rocking those low tops hanging off the front of her at, uh, with pasties on them mm. in, in Times Square with a guitar. She's still doing that. So she's like the uh, naked cowgirl, I suppose. Now, she doesn't have any permission to do that. There's Obviously, we have the naked cowboy here. We have uh, now the naked cowgirl. It was only a matter of time. Does she have fake? She's fake, right? She has fake uh, everything. Uh, um, all I know is that um, those those tits are too big and round. Well, now now they're basically tucked into her socks at all times. Like they they're just they just kind of like hang there. Oh. <laughs> oh, the ravages of age. My tits have started to sag too. Gravity is not kind. Mm. You know, the important thing is we will never have to see Tilly Mitchell naked. You know, she gave she gave sex sexual release to a man. <laughs> Tilly Mitchell, you know, th this this is a woman who sucked mad dick. You know, she sucked she sucked uh, she sucked the fat dick of Dick Matt, Sweat's next cell pal and fellow escapee. Most people called him Richard, but to Tilly, the name's Dick. And let's all hope it was worth it for Tilly. That the convicted killer had some killer convict dick to risk the lives of others and slap the hand of justice with her mouth. Slap the hand of justice with her mouth. Married Joyce Tilly Mitchell gave sexual release to a man 15 years into serving 
25 to life in the 97 murder of his shoeless ex-boss, whose neck Matt snapped with his bare hands till he was putty in those neck-snapping hands. You know, that's what he did. That's how he killed his boss. Those, those are some strong, manly hands, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that's right. Those are some prison hands, and he's sensitive, too. He'd do some paintings. He'd paint a picture and say, look at that. I snapped a neck with these artistic hands. But they're still gentle enough to have some dick sucked. I mean, what woman could resist? I mean, any woman, probably, with any trace of a moral conscience. A pulse, basically. Self-esteem. Well, Matt's dead now. And uh, he was drunk when he got killed, it looks like. Slightly tight on grape gin, or so the evidence suggests. He's 20 miles from Canada, 21 days since his June 6th escape. 21 days of freedom, three weeks of freedom he closed out on. Moving through the woods, a 49-year-old, he was shot three times. Aiming a 20-gauge shotgun at a Border Patrol agent when he died. That's the story they're telling. You think they might have, uh, like, if we see this guy, we're shooting him, so agreed? Agreed. There's a strong possibility of that. These guys were already convicted killers. They're known to be armed and dangerous. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted any piece of that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure somebody would think they just want to put him down. It's right on site. Yeah, I mean, he he humiliated the prison. He he made the the prison mascot look uh, like a whore. And, uh, you know, he, he, he got Cuomo all stirred up. I got Cuomo down there looking at you. Nobody wants Cuomo. Cuomo coming to their damn job. No, you don't want him all hot and bothered. You, you don't want him sticking his nose in like, hey, what, what are you guys doing here? Hey, Jesus Christ, the fucking governor? Come on, Cuomo. <laughs> he got cut down upstate in tiny elephant's head, R.I.P., or whatever you say about a killer. The captured sweat also confirms what I suspected about Tilly Mitchell. It was, in fact, her idea to kill her husband. Lyle. Lyle, a maintenance worker at the same prison the men escaped from, and where Tilly worked as a seamstress in the tailor shop. Lyle, who faced Matt Lauer on NBC News, said he believed his wife, dick-sucking Tilly. That's what they were calling her by then. It it fits. It's form-fitting, so to speak. It fits her like a glove, like a dental dam. Like a damn dental dam. That dirty sock at the foot of the bed. Joyce the mouth. Belly full of cum. Prisoner cum. Little baby criminals growing inside her stomach. You know, uh, I don't want to mince words here. You know, uh, she wanted Lyle, uh, apparently she wanted Lyle dead. There's not a lot of details on that. But she was supposed to be waiting with the getaway car so they could all drive to Mexico, but she didn't show up. I think that was all a ruse the whole time. They were never going to go with her. They wanted her to think, well, they're going to Mexico, in case she backed out, which they probably figured she would. They know a weak link when they see one. So they figured, like, she's going to go, oh, they're on their way to Mexico. Meanwhile, they're upstate. That's how they get away for three weeks. They were only freaking not all that far from the prison. Tilly Mitchell, if you have $110,000 in cash, you can get her out. <laughs> and I think I might know how she'll repay you. 
Let's and leave it, her in there. At this point, I don't think Lyle's gonna mind. Uh, hey, you know, you know something great? Those those famous Times Square mascots are branching out. Uh, costume characters. You know, there's a little Elmo colony down there. It's so nice. It's something for the kids. You know, the parents. They love to have their par- their kids picture take a little memory. You know, and they're like Elmo smells. You know. Uh, like the floor of a bar or something, you know, like he's a, yeah, I don't, he, he's a, you know, the, a lot of them are, are not legal. They're not here legally. And uh, what they're doing is borderline and uh, they're hustlers. And it's the best part. Now, there's a guy here now who has a sign that says, fucking, what does it say? Pay me. Fucking pay me. I need money for drugs. And hoes and weapons. The guy says he wants weapons. Well, that's a new one. It's not as cuddly. Anyway, uh, these um, Coney Island mascots. That's what they are now. They're in Coney Island. They've spread. The cancer has spread. Yes. It has spread. It's spread to a local venue now. There's still tourists in Coney Island, but it's more local than Times Square. I love Coney Island. Well, they've seen their first influx of hardworking costumed immigrants and weirdos. Of course, locals hate it. Leave that in Times Square, scoffed one. I don't like Times Square, said another. One particularly high-maintenance complainant even said, I don't come to the boardwalk to hang out with inaccurate versions of characters. That's how cool he is. He needs a brand name. No. Uh, not an accurate version of... <laughs> that's, that's, that's where his primary concern is. Not even that they're even there, but they're the brand X version, the no-frills one from Pathmark. He just... Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, is Disney getting any money for this? I want to know. No, no, no. Is Sesame Street getting paid? Well, uh, you know, they're not a problem now, but they're going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem. Eventually, they're going to be a real problem. There's going to be uh, someone's going to get shot. I think that's what it's going to what's going to happen. I was like these when they have things that cover their hands, right? And Uzis are pretty small. I think that's what's going to happen. Is that a costume character is going to have a couple of Uzis in his hand and like get the kids to walk over and then just mow down a family, <laughs> and then tourism ends. Or at least they'll have to, you know, be registered or something, you know. But, I mean, something's still got to be fun in the city, you know. And it's like, so t- it, it's like that. everybody said it got Disney-fied, Times Square, you know. And I guess it did. But look at them. This, that's the version of Disney-fied. Beggars. The most desperate place on earth, Times Square. A body was found in a duffel bag. They've identified the body of a man crammed in a duffel bag along the far Rockaway shoreline. You, the far Rockaway is uh, out in your direction, right? Towards Jamaica? Yeah, it's that's on the um, the uh, the other side of JFK with the F tra- uh, with the A train there. Mm-hmm. Like right before you get to uh, Howard Beach area and that, and that right over there. Yeah, it's far. Well, there, that's a, good, there, a lot of bodies get dumped out on uh, uh, Giljo Beach. You know, there was 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Found, that's still going on. I don't. I don't. I don't think this sounds like it's connected with that because those were mostly Craigslist hookers, and this guy was stuffed in a duffel bag. Uh, the remains of 26-year-old Westerly 
Awesome were found. Uh, Mott's Basin near Gibson Street. Yes, I, I actually had kissed my first girl right there at that corner. It was ruled a homicide. I think you can rule out natural causes and suicide. No one kills himself and then stuffs themselves into a duffel bag, so yeah. I don't know, I might. If I was going that road, <laughs> I, I might take the care to do that. You think you could actually squeeze yourself into, like, like as your last thought, like, I want to be considerate. I'm in a bag. Or do, do you mean... <laughs> you're the nicest guy, man. Well, I mean, you, you keep like, the mess to a minimum. You know, yeah, the, cool. the coroner will thank you. I'm going to clean my dead ass up. You, you know, you're going to shit your pants and then you're going to be in a shitty bag. Who's going to find the bag and be like, oh, man, look at that. Somebody left some fucking uh, equipment here. There's some sporting stuff here. And then they open it up and it's your dead ass in a <laughs> duffel bag. That's a lot of disappointment. It's never good to find a body, you know what I mean? Never. A police source uh, said he appeared to have been strangled, and they have not identified a suspect, and I don't think they care to. Big news yesterday, the New York Stock Exchange shut down at 11.32. Stayed down for four hours. The Wall Street Journal went offline. United Airlines was grounded. All apparent victims of a cyber attack. Not much being said about it today. Uh, that I can find online, anyway. Uh, last night, um, the same account tweeted, LOL, everyone got whipped into a frenzy about the New York Stock Exchange tweet. Hmm, wonder how stocks will do tomorrow. And then uh, he tweeted right after that, sell your stocks, feed the boar. Yeah, I'm, f- mm. I'm all for Feed me, please. If you have stock, sell it. Give me the money. Simple as that. Do what they say. They will shut down the airlines if you don't give me $25. That's all it takes. You too can feed a starving child. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it as often as you want to give it to me, you know, but like, let's start with 25 bucks. And, and you know what? I think you're, you're going to find it feels good. I think, I think we can all learn something about each other here. I think that uh, we're going to be all working for Anonymous at some point, you know? I mean, like, if... I don't think that there's any... That the government has any power to stop them from just shutting shit down. And I don't know that I care. You know how many people are rooting for Anonymous? Pretty much everybody. I mean, we're all pretty much like, just just do it already. Yeah, if you can, do. Why not? Just go ahead and... uh, I mean, I don't want my own personal shit out there. Not that there's, like, anything to fucking be out there, you know. Somebody knows how to get my email and shit, you know, where they're going to realize, they're like, oh, wow, this guy doesn't read his email. <laughs> I have, like, I probably have 30,000 unread emails. It's ridiculous. But I read them when you guys write them. If you write me an email, I'll definitely read it. PatDixonNYC at gmail.com. Come to uh, Crime Report. NYC as well. One more story: a group of Brooklyn residents have filed a lawsuit. We discussed this myself and Ari, Sh- Ari Shafir. I don't know if this is going to come out before the Ari Shafir one. I fucked up on that podcast so bad that that podcast is—it's basically on an operating table right now, being looked at by a bunch of professionals. Ari Shafir, great guest, as are you. But we talked about this. Uh, are you, you're not Jewish, are you? I was 
what Jewish law you are, what your mother is, yeah. No kidding. Mm -hmm. Well, a group of Brooklyn Reds, have you ever observed? Yeah, I'm Buddhist now. I don't really pay attention to anything, really. <laughs> You're Zen Judist. Uh, in, a, in, a, in a bid to stop a rite of atonement practiced annually by thousands of Hasidic Jews on the streets of Crown Heights and other neighborhoods in the County of Kings, uh, they're suing because they don't want them doing this, uh, this rite it takes place during the, the 10 days that lead up to Yom Kippur. And it's, uh, the ritual has pagan roots, and uh, it's allegedly terrifying to chickens. It sounds terrifying to everybody. It, it, what happens is, uh, they, it's, it's, well, first of all, the suit. The Alliance to End Chicken Kaporas. All right. And the residents say it's barbaric and cruel. They say it's unsanitary for the surrounding neighborhood and unnecessarily terrorizes the birds. Uh, in the in the ritual, a live kosher chicken swung around the head of a penitent. When he takes the chicken, you're, you're familiar with this? Swings the chicken around in order to please God. This is something God's supposed to like. Like, I need to fucking make God happy. Give me a chicken. Now, while the Jew swings the chicken around, he recites a short liturgy in Judeo-Aramaic and Hebrew. Some sort of ancient incantation. And through the power of Jew magic, transfers the sins of the penitent to the chicken. And the animal is then ritually, ritually slaughtered in front of the people, or the person rather, and that person watches the animal bleed out and die while realizing that he too deserved to die for his sins. You can see why this is terrifying to chickens. I mean, you know, because they have all that sin. I mean, like, all, all a chicken knows is, like, I'm in a crate, stillness, right? And then suddenly he's being handled, and then fresh air, and then boom, filled with a year's worth of sins all at once. A human being with all that sin... I mean, it's, you know, he can carry that around. He can rationalize it to a chicken all that at once. Either that or it must feel really good to have all that sin, actually. It depends on what that sin might be. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but, I mean, what sin is not fun? That's a good point. <laughs> Even anger and rage and shit, you know? Because, I mean, like, it, it, it swells over you. Then when it's gone, you're like, oh. Yeah, it's a high. People get addicted to it. I, yeah, I really enjoy being angry sometimes. I, sin is all fun. Otherwise, it would just be bad shit that happened. I guess the chickens are actually lucky. They get to like fucking. It's like it's like a big shot of heroin, and then they get slaughtered. What a rush! What more could a chicken ask for, really? What more could a chicken possibly want out of its shitty fucking chicken life? Chickens have the shittiest lives of of everybody. I think if there's somebody with a really shitty life. Because they get eaten almost, you know, 100% of the time. That's true. If they don't get eaten, then maybe they just get, you know, sacrificed. Like in, you know, this case, or with, with Santeria in my case. Um, they are transported in crates. They're confined. They have wings, but they can't fly. They, it's, it's tormenting. It's terrible. Yeah. they have the, 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 Whoever is a chicken in that life, they must have done some really fucked up shit so you're not torturing an innocent animal you're fucking given some I don't know child pornographer in a previous life some slave holder some 
uh, you know, uh, wife beater, an assassin, a fucking somebody who uh, takes up two parking spaces, some dick face. You're fucking giving them what they fucking earned in another life, as is already evidenced by their fucking appearance as a chicken. <laughs> Abracadabra, my sins are in the chicken. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, if I was in that religion, I would think that was a great deal. You do everything you want all year, and then just give it to the chicken. All you gotta do is show up, swing a chicken around, and whatever you say, and then, bam, you're good. Let's eat. Yom Kippur. That's always a good time. Yeah. But pretty much all of my um, my social media is all the same names. It's my name, Carlito Hayes. Uh, and that's where. And if you want to follow me, excuse me. Nobody's listening anyway. That's the best part. It's like we've been on so long right now. Everybody gave up. <laughs> They've stopped listening. <sighs> it's so sweet. You know that feeling. It's like a yeah. We're good. We're safe. Um, you can uh, follow me at uh, Pat Dixon NYC on Instagram. It is appreciated because uh, I don't know, like it's pictures of New York and shit. Although I did record some at, at Greenwich Village Comedy Club. I'm gonna put that on Patreon, I think. Ooh, yeah, Patreon is cool. You should do it for your stuff. You can get uh, people. They um, basically they donate. You know, some they pledge to say like, uh, you know, for every time you create something. In my case, a podcast. Then they pledge like a dollar or something like that, and uh, and then it, you know they feel like they're giving some. They're not just like listening to it all the time. A lot of people just listen. You know, it's great. It's a free show, I guess. You know, I mean, it's like it doesn't cost anything. I like what Laker says. You know, Chris Laker. He says, uh, he says, you know, <laughs> he goes, it doesn't cost anything, but it's not free. And I think, yeah, that's a nonsensical, you know, but like it sounds like it means something. And, uh, but, you know, it, here, here's the deal. It, it does, uh, require, uh, some amount of fucking, you know, I mean, like, I t- you know what? It took us an hour and 20 minutes to do this shit. Yeah, time. It, that, it's not, it's not always just about monetary value. Sometimes it's time, energy. The thing about Patreon, too, is that, like, a lot of those old episodes are on there, too. Uh, CrimeReport.nyc has everything from, like, 166 up till... Jeez, I think we're up to like 208 or something like that. All those are there at crimereport.nyc. But there's like all the stuff that came before that. It's not all on Patreon yet, but a lot of it is. I think it's like the first 60. And there might be a spot or two in there where like there was some kind of a transfer error or something like that. But uh, do check it out. If you have any interest, it's patreon.com. Kind of a weird name, Patreon. Sounds like, like is it patriotic? Are we, no, it's just like uh, patronage, but P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And I'm not begging for your money because things are fine. You know, I mean, like, I'm not going to get kicked out of here. I'm going to, I'm going to always have my space to do the show. I hope, you know, but like, uh, here's what I'd like to do is um, never have to go on the road. Except I do want to go to Australia. That's where I want to go. You ever been there? Um, <clears throat> not yet, but I have tons of friends that I have to go out there and see. 
uh, Sydney, Melbourne, uh, Brisbane. My first housemate was uh, crazy-ass Michael Kramer from uh, Perth. From Perth. You know crazy-ass Michael Kramer from Perth? Oh, yeah. Well, good eye. <laughs> Dude did love to get maggoted. He could party. Somebody sent me these. It's a cartoon, and they're like, you should study this. This is how Australians talk. What's your problem, mate? You'd be fucked in the head or something? No, I just you don't. You're fucked, mate. He goes, you do a shitty Australian accent. And of course I do, yeah. Okay, I admit it. I don't even... I don't even know if I sound like I'm from Earth. But these people sounded exactly like me. Because you always pocket me water. Always steal the fucking water. Well, good eye. <laughs> one second, not be a fuck with me. I was like, I think he's fucking with me. <laughs> that's not, that's when you fuck up on an accent, is when you half-ass do it. Then, it. then it always ends up sounding terrible. You gotta own whatever you do. You can't just, like, phone it in. And, and that, I think that's the biggest problem I have in my life right there. I uh, half-ass my accents. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn that around, 2016. <laughs> right after the Crime Awards... If you guys have suggestions on that, by the way, please uh, send them my way, you know? And, and if you guys, like, also, like, um, my friend Andy here, he's, he's the one that kind of lit a fire under He's like, hey, well, you should get an early start on that. Why are you talking about the crime awards, for Christ's sake, you know? And, uh, you know, maybe make it uh, something, you know, a little something for the patrons, because he's a patron. He's a fan and a patron. So maybe, you know, it, and I thought about that. Have them not, you know, because we have the New York City Crime Report, uh, Award show, you know, we did, it was God, Jesus, it was epic. It spanned two episodes, and uh, so if you have ideas about that, you know, I know you guys. If you hear the crime stories and say, oh, you know, that's a particularly good one. I like what that guy's doing. Uh, yeah, and there's a, a lot of categories too. You know, I mean, I think there'll be even more this year. Um, so yeah, thanks for the suggestion, Andy. I appreciate it. So here's your uh, first nomination for Cop of the Year. It's this uh, sergeant. I can't even remember his fucking name because it's got a C and an S together in it. <laughs> We're going to call him Officer Jizz and uh, Sergeant Jizz. <laughs> sergeant Jizz and uh, and Robert Kane, that hardworking teacher, you know, I mean, it's like a, didn't get his contract renewed because of something in his past that wasn't even illegal. It's, I don't know. We, I'm not going to talk about that forever, but, you know, those guys are both nominated and have others too so hey carlito thanks for being here oh yeah and i'm gonna post those pictures on patreon too if you oh don't mind. excellent yeah. yeah 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 and also thank you for having me out this has been a lot of fun pat absolutely man thank you carlito and thank you for listening to new york city crime report